0: Before I start this week's episode, I just want to say a very happy Veterans Day to all the men and women out there who are serving or have served in the United States military. All branches, uh, all times, peacetime, wartime, I love you guys. Thank you for serving. Um, I'm a veteran myself, so it means a lot to me. Um, I come from a, a veteran family, you know, a military family. So it's a very special day, and that's why I held on to this episode, because Tommy Ray is is a Marine vet, and I thought it'd be just a little more special, you know, for uh, those in uniform, if they're out there listening, to know that a brother in service has had one of these experiences, or several of these experiences. So happy Veterans Day, thank you for your service, I love you, and stay safe welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for believers of the unexplained monsters and paranormal. I'm your host, Bo Kennedy. Join us as we go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. I start the show, I want to tell you guys just a little bit about our sponsor, Hemp Bombs, the CBD company. Uh, I take the CBD gummies. They sent me some other products to try out. And everything that we've tried has been amazing. Um, we've tried the, the gummies for sleep. We've tried the uh, high potency gummies. Uh, I stick with just the regular gummies for the most part. They're amazing. Um, they help with my mood. They help me just have you know, a better day. You know, I, I deal with a lot of arthritis pain, and these, these CBD gummies seem to just take that pain away to, where, to, the point, to the point where I forget that I even am supposed to be hurting right now. Um, it helps me that much. And like I said, it helps as a sleep aid, um, so you don't get that groggy, drugged feeling like you might get from other over-the-counter sleep medicines or whatever. Um, the CBD gummies just help you rest well, wake up feeling refreshed and ready to start your day. Um, hempbombs.com is where you want to go to check it out, and if you would make a purchase from there, use my promo code Bump20, and you get twenty percent off any and all purchases site wide. Now, to talk about their products, they have um, CBD lollipops, lip balms, bath bombs, pet treats. That's a big one. They have CBD pet treats that my dog loves the taste of and she settles down for a long nap afterwards I give it to her at night she sleeps through the night uh, she's an older dog she's had no problems going up and down the steps lately um, it's not a lot of good for her anyway um, there's pretty much anything that you would want to have CBD in they have it they have lotions they have uh, pain cream you know like a, like a cold relief or a, a heat cream they have everything. So just go to the website, www.hempbombs.com, and use promo code BUMP20. Get 20% off your purchase. Give it a shot. You have nothing to lose. They even have a money-back guarantee. Hey there, Believers. On this episode, we talked to Tommy Ray. Uh, Tommy Ray's had a lot of experiences, um, even some encounters with Bigfoot. They got a little too close a couple times, but uh, he's, he survived to tell all about it. Uh, we also get into some paranormal activity and even a UFO sighting that Tommy's had. So it's a great show. It's full of adventure. Um Tommy's a lot of fun to talk to. He uh former Marine and you can you can tell when he tells his story that he still has that mentality. You know, he's 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 tough as nails. All right, we'll go ahead and jump into it.
1: Okay, well, my name is Tommy Ray. I'm from Cow Penn, South Carolina. And um From an early age, I started having, um, well, mostly Bigfoot encounters, but uh, you know, I've seen a couple UFOs, maybe a couple ghosts, but cryptozoology, mainly Bigfoot, is my main passion. The um, first time, first time I ever seen it, it was 1977. I was 10, getting ready to be, now I'm lying, I was already 10. And uh, where I live, is very rural, pretty much in the woods, literally. And um, we have a dirt road, gravel road, all around our property. And pretty much what it was, was old wagon trails, when it was farmland, well, we had a three-wheeler motorcycle back then. You know, four-wheelers now are all the rage, but back then it was a three-wheeler. And my brother come in, he's a couple of years younger than me,
2: you
1: know, hollering, Daddy, Daddy, I seen a monster up in the woods. had a monster up in the woods. And Daddy, you know, he, typical Sunday, he was listening to NASCAR, and he's like, yeah, whatever. I said, well, I'm going to check that out. So I went. And I come to a point in the road we call a turnaround point because we also had a go-kart, a racing go kart, and we couldn't go no further because it's so low. And that's where we had to turn around, so we just call that turnaround point. So I turned the three wheeler around and I'm sitting there and I hear to my left uh tree limbs breaking and something stomping and So I take off. I go up about 50 feet, and I turn around and look over my right shoulder. And I see Bigfoot walking across that road back into the other woods on the other side. So I head home. I said, Daddy, Daddy, I just seen that boggy creek monster grinning in what's seen at the movies. Well, he jumped up. He said, you're lying to me. And he beat me with a belt. I mean, really, really tore me up and told me we would never, ever talk about that again. And I just didn't understand it. Well, the following weekend, I went to my mama's. They had uh, divorced when I was in the first grade. And um, I told her a little joke. You know, for a fourth grader, 10-year-old, whatever, would have been dirty, but it really ain't. And she's like, well, I'm going to have to tell your daddy you said that. And I was like, please don't tell him. Please don't, because he done beat me once this week, and I don't want another one. And she's like, well, what did he beat you for? What did you do? And I told her, I said, I seen that Bigfoot, that Boggy Creek monster thing y'all talk about. And my granny was sitting there. She'd read the paper, and she dropped the paper. And she said, "Well, Dot, sounds like your friend's back." My mama's name was Doris, but they called her Dot. My mama said, "Yep, sounds like it." And I'm like, uh, uh, "Excuse me, what? What's going on?" Well, the backstory on that is uh, it was sixty-eight, sixty-nine, I believe. Like I said, we lived in the woods, and my dad actually had to get in there, cut down trees and everything so they could move the mobile home in there. And on the weekends, him and his buddies would uh, de-limb the trees, pile up the logs, and burn the brush. Well, this particular time, um, I guess I was two going on three, my dad and my mama were there. They were burning the brush, and me and my little brother was there. He was still a little baby. And my mama said she'd seen uh, red eyes about ten feet off the ground and said, What is that, Don? That's my dad. And Daddy he was he was a tough man. He's a rough man. He always carried a hawkbill knife and a thirty eight chief with him. He turned and looked and, you know, said a couple of customers and he unloaded that thirty eight, which five shots into this creature mama said, and said it let out the awfulest roar scream that she'd ever heard. So, you know, they got us up, got in the car, and got out of there. And from then on, you know, I was never allowed to talk around about Bigfoot around my dad. And I really believe it because he was such a rough man, big man, proud man that It scared them so you just didn't want to talk about it. But that is how my love of Bigfoot and other cryptos come about, and from there I guess it just naturally led into other paranormal phenomena.
2: Man, I got to ask you. Well, first, I want you to tell the joke because you told me before we started recording this. But go ahead and tell the joke that got that almost got you buzzed again. <laughs>
1: oh my goodness! I remember I was um, what ten, going on eleven. Yeah. I said, "Mama, why does Peter Pan fly?" And she goes, "I don't know why." So well, if somebody hits you in a Peter with a pan, you fly too. So, <laughs>
2: yeah. You know, I remember hearing. I remember hearing that when I was a kid, man. I I hadn't heard that in probably thirty years. I love it.
1: Well you gotta figure I'm fifty three now, so that was forty three years ago and I still remember that one. So
2: (laughs) yeah. Well let me ask you, when when you and your brother were out did your brother go back up there with you when you went to go look?
1: No, not the second time. I went by myself.
2: Okay. Well, when you saw that that big foot walk across the road or across the path there, what did it look like? Do you remember? Can you describe it to us?
1: The best I can. I mean, it was just kind of like, wow. But actually, what I caught, I seen it. It was very tall. I would say at least eight feet. But the main part I caught, when I turned around, it was just walking back into the woods. So I seen the torso for a minute. But I remember distinctly how his arm and left leg hung back, and I watched it move into the bush, into the woods. But it was uh, dark. It was really dark. Hairy. Not like a humongous woolly booger. But, you know, the typical hair, what people say they see on the Bigfoot, not overly nasty. You know, it's kind of neat looking, but just really the typical Bigfoot. Yeah. And that whole area where I grew up, and my brother still lives there, um, they got a creature they call a wampus. And there's actually a honed trail over there that yeah, opens up for Halloween called Wampus Woods.
2: Now, Wampus, but, wampus that's a cat, right?
1: Okay, that's part of the tale. What I researched, wampus can mean, and this is just what I read. I'm nothing scientific. Wampus can, was used by the old Europeans as a term for anything strange, mysterious, or big. Like, like you said, there was a wampus cat. I've seen something where they talked about a wampus wolf. Anything big and unexplainable. Well, what happened, a friend of mine um, just recently passed away. He was a Green Beret in Vietnam. And me and him used to hang out a lot when I was an adult. I didn't know him when I was a kid. But he actually had some Bigfoot encounters. But it was his brother who owns the Wampus Woods trail. But the guy who owns it, his drawing of the Wampus, does not look like a typical Bigfoot. And I was like, why does he make it look like that? And my friend was Carol. He said, well, that's what he says he's seen. And I, as much as I love cryptos, I had never heard of the dog man until probably 10 years ago, say. And I was talking to an old friend of mine the other day. She had had an open heart surgery. I was calling to check on her. And she's into this stuff like me. She was actually, me and her were the first paranormal group together that we had. And she said, You know what that drawing is? Tim uses a wampus woods. I said, What? She goes, Tommy, that's a dog, man. Well, duh. There goes the lights on in the head. I'm like, Dang, it, You were right. So that really makes me wonder what some of the older people in the, I want to say neighborhood, but it's probably area land that stretches out two miles, very rural. But all my life I was told, do not go in them woods unless you've got a gun. And even if I was to go swimming down to the creek or river, my daddy would let us carry a gun with us. So... One woman who lived across the woods from us, her and her husband, uh, the speech, she said, don't be down there in the woods by yourself. There's a big, mean, hairy creature down there. And I said, I made the comment. I said, I ain't going to do nothing to stand there and look at you because we done seen him. We had before along the creek, down the river. And she said, no, he's mean. So that makes me kind of wonder if we're not dealing with two different types of creatures down
2: there. That's what it sounds like. Because from everything I've heard, if somebody sees a dog man or whatever, then it's not a a pleasant experience. You know, it's usually something life-altering kind of experience.
1: Well, I can honestly say I've never seen it. I mean, I've seen the the Bigfoot-type creature. I've never seen a dog, man. But there's other people around there who swear to it that, yeah, that is what they've seen. So I'm kind of like... I got hurt about six years ago, really tore my foot up real bad. I about lost it. But they... Which they rebuilt. I got a lot of metal in it. I just can't get out in the woods like I used to in Rome. But... Now, knowing that, I think I would, you know, do my research a little bit differently and just try to see what I could see, but like any other rural area, especially here in South Carolina and the upstate, it's growing up so fast, and woods are disappearing every day. So, I really... I don't know if they're still down there or not, to be honest with you. I've not heard anything from anybody. I moved from there about three years ago. I've moved about um, 20 miles up the road, um, bought a house. So I don't really go over there much, but I know it used to be there.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean about property going away. You know, it seems like it would have one of two effects. Either it'll make whatever's in there leave or make whatever in there pissed off. You know, uh you you would think that from time to time and that might be why people see stuff in neighborhoods and residential areas. Um, you know, they're encroaching on its land. Eventually it's very you're gonna, well you know, you might be flushing one out and see it, but yeah, South Carolina that place is booming down there, man.
1: It is. I mean it's good for the state, but it ain't good for me because <laughs> I don't like it. But, you know, talking about the creature getting pissed off, it was, uh, let say, I, I almost said about 12 years ago. Um, I worked at a chemical plant, and I worked straight night shifts. We rotated two weeks on days, two weeks on nights, <clears throat> but we needed leadership. All nights, because the supervisor only worked during the day. Pardon me, I'm coughing, but it ain't COVID. (laughs) Um, I worked nights, kind of run the crew at nights. And so during the day, I would just sleep. And at night, I'd stay up all night. I kept that routine whether I was working or not. Unless I had something I really had to do during the day, I just slept. So... At night, I would roam the woods. I'd go to the creek, go to the river. Uh, One of my other hobbies is uh, bushcraft and wilderness survival. So at night, you know, if anything, I would just go down to the creek or to the river, build me a little uh, bow drill fire or something, and have a cup of coffee or, you know, just uh, work on stuff. Well, one particular night, my um, cousin, second cousin, he was thirteen or fourteen at the time, he stayed with me and we got up we decided to go down to the river to go catfishing and it's about it's not a half a mile walk to get to the point to enter, but it's straight up and downhill. So I don't mind walking downhill to get there and then once you hit the edge of the woods the trail going in is about fifteen minutes. Well we were sitting there on a big rock fishing As you're looking at the river, we're fishing downstream behind the rock. We're catching catfish pretty good. And we kept hearing some of them walking on the other side of the river. Now, bear in mind, the river is probably 200 feet wide, if that. It's not a humongous river. But it was pacing back and forth, and I'm like, I said, doggone Bigfoot, that thing's on two legs, that ain't no deer. And then finally, it started kind of puffing and puffing and growling, and I said, yep, that's what it is. And where we was at on the big rock, like I said, it drops off into a deep pool, but all the way across, it's a rock bottom, and I'm short, I'm not five feet. And the water don't get above your waist. My waist, there's a place you could actually forward the river. So I said, well, come on over. I know what you look like. Come on if you want to go hunting. Well, it just kept on, and it was deep grunting and hollering. You now, where well, it was not like the whoops and the howls you hear, but more kind of like, uh, I can't really do it, like, but bruh, bruh, like that. And I'm like, well, come on. I'm not leaving. I'm catching fish. Well, we sat there and fish for a while, and we seen it coming, a rock. I want to say 20 sides of a bowling ball and basketball come flying all the way over. Landed right in front of us in the pool. It was so close to us. I mean, we actually got wet from the splice.
2: Oh, my gosh. And that did it. Yeah.
1: I was pissed. I got up and <laughs> I said, "You and yeah, yeah, such and so. Nobody's running me off of my river. I don't care how big you are. Come on out." And that's when it started really hollering—the the deep grunts and urr And my nephew, uh, my cousin, was like, "Come on, Tommy, let's go, let's go." I said, "No, there is nobody running me off of my river." So it kind of calmed down. It was pacing. So I sat back down. All I had was a 9mm Beretta M9. And looking back, that probably wasn't the best choice.
0: But anyway, (laughs) that's what I had.
1: And uh, so the fish quit biting. The fish quit biting. I said, now we're going to go. And I got up and I said, okay, we're leaving now. You can come on. So we packed up and we started walking out. I called my brother. I said, hey, will you meet us down here at Little Bridge in about 15 minutes? I don't feel like walking back up that hill. Because he was up late, too, and he said, yeah, we'll come get you. It's about 1 o'clock in the morning. So we started walking out. We heard it get in the water, and we heard it walking across. And I called him back. I said, hey, hurry up, get on down here, and don't turn the truck off. (laughs) This is the same one who had actually seen the Bigfoot first before I did. But, yeah, he's an unbeliever. Ain't no such thing. Ain't no such thing. I'm like, what did you see that day? He goes, I don't remember. that, That didn't happen. But, anyway, I said, get down here. Don't turn the truck off. We're coming out. He goes, why? Bigfoot chasing you? I said, yes. As a matter of fact, he's right behind me. And he said, oh, shit, I'm home my way. So <laughs> he come down, and we got out of there, and he was waiting on us. We kind of double-timed it out of there. And he's standing there, has shotgun leaned over the bed, of the bed of his truck. And I'm like, I thought you didn't believe. He said, shut up, get in the truck. So we jumped up down the truck, and you could hear it stop at the edge of the road. Still in the woods, and you can hear it breathing, real heavy. Now I've run into a possum in the woods before; it breathing so heavy, you thought it was a horse. Right. But this, you know, we we know what followed us. We know what followed us out. Yeah. So that was my pissed off bigfoot encounter.
2: Man, yeah. I don't know if I would have challenged it if I were you, but you know that's that Marine Corps in you, I guess, ain't it, Tommy?
1: Well, yeah, yeah, but. I mean, I don't know how to put it. It's not my land, and like I said, since I've been hurt, I've not been down there, but i roamed in woods, and there's been many, many, many times. I've been down there in woods, and the only footprints I see is
2: mine. Right.
1: Nobody down there, I say, well, this is mine. Yep. And uh, I wouldn't want to be run off that river by nobody. Now, there's a lot of uh, uh, people go down there now. They, the people who own the land, actually got a hunt club down there, and I'm not a member of that, so I kind of feel like they probably run it out. Probably, I kind of do.
2: Man, it's a shame. Yeah, hunting clubs—they ruin all the fun, don't they?
1: Well, yeah, they do. I mean, I understand. I love to hunt myself, but
2: I do too. You know, yeah, I do too, hunting
1: but hunting but... Clubs are expensive. Yeah. And they come in and they get the land and there's no trespassing this, no trespassing that. And I can understand they leased the land, but you know, if I grew up there and if I wanna go, I'm gonna go. If yeah. they got something to say, we'll talk about it in woods and one of us may not come out, but <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna put up with it, but I like I said, I just can't get out and roam like I used to because of my foot. Yeah. And that, the only other time I've actually seen a Bigfoot was about 30 miles, when they, yeah, about 25, 30 miles from me, I've got my work, had an encounter. So I'm down there checking it out. And down there south of me, it's kind of real swampy and um I was actually with my nephew that night, but he was a grown man. And we seen it the Bigfoot come up out of the swamp. Well, it was already out of the swamp when we took took the curve. It was standing on the side of the road. So I stopped and Jeff was like, Why are you stopping? I said, Man, I seen Bigfoot on the side of the road. He said, I know. Why are you stopping? I said, Well, you can't investigate from the car, it's your ass out. So we got out and it was gone, but the the water was not rippled in the swamp like it got back in. There were no wet footprints. It just baffled me. I mean, I'm like, there should be some here because we have both seen it, and I'm not into the woo-woo factor of the Bigfoot yet. I've not had. I'm not against people who have that mentality, but to me. As of right now I've not encountered anything to make me think uh woo woo stuff on Bigfoot. Yeah. That was pretty strange. We both seen it. And there was nothing there, no physical evidence. Not even wet footprints there to prove that we'd seen it.
2: Well, see that that makes you wonder what you're dealing with though, don't it? It does. You think it went up a tree?
1: Wow. I've not even thought about that. You are that dumb genius, Bo. <laughs> I, I have not thought about that because there is uh, some very big trees right there on the side of the road. Well, I be dark?
2: That's a scary thought, but that's, that's the only that's the only place left to go was up. You know <laughs> what?
1: Well, duh. Cranial flexilations here. That's the first time I thought about it. <laughs> but uh that is an excellent idea
2: man i i hate the thought of one stand you know sitting up in a tree over top of you looking down
1: yeah me too i mean stuff like that is scary we uh we did a uh, multi-group bigfoot investigation in virginia back in 2011 and um uh, at that time, I was Southeastern Regional Director of American Bigfoot Society. Uh, Melissa Hovey, she was over that particular group. She's out of Ohio. She um, used to have a real good name in the Bigfoot community. And there was uh, Sasquatch Watch of Virginia, um, Squatch Inc. out of Wisconsin. Uh, Eric Altman was down with Pennsylvania Bigfoot Society. Just bunch of them. There's probably 30 people there. And we we would break up into teams at night, groups of two for safety. Well, this particular night we went out we had an odd number because somebody stayed back at base camp twisted their ankle, that's what it was. So me Billy Willard to go over Sasquatch Watcher Virginia and Toby over Squatch Inc. We went out together. We got to a certain point is uh, where two trails intersected. That they would actually cast a footprint about um, I don't know 120 feet to the west of I me mean, from where I was at. He said, "Billy said, do you mind sitting here by yourself? That don't bother you, does? It? I said I've been doing it by myself forever. I ain't scared. Y'all go on." So they went on up another trail, then they broke off. And uh, I'm sitting there, and it was getting late. It's probably quarter to 12, best I remember, quarter to midnight. And I seen something dark, darker than the night, crawling in front of me by about 25 feet, going up the other trail where the trail intersected. And I said, Uh huh. I said, "You think you've been smart, don't you, Mister Bigfoot? Trying to low crawl around me?" So I turned on my headlamp. It was not a Bigfoot. It was a black panther.
2: Oh no!
1: And I'm oh yeah. I'm like, oh crap! I wish you was a Bigfoot. Yeah. Well, it's sitting there looking at me, and I'm looking at it, and. I did not have a gun with me because I know the laws of South Carolina concerning transporting guns. I know North Carolina, but I do not know Virginia. And when I was in the Marines, I was stationed at Little Creek for a while, and I know the cops of the Commonwealth of Virginia do not play.
2: Yeah, they're nobody
1: nobody to mess with, man.
2: Virginia,
1: I cop-
2: said. What? I said the Virginia cops are tough, even. Just, you know, getting a a ticket in Virginia is not a fun experience.
1: No. So I said, well, I'm not going to risk it. I'm not going to need a gun. I'm I'm not going to deal with them. And I'm sitting there face-to-face with this Black Panther, which some people say they don't exist, but I know they do. And I'm like, all I got is my Marine Corps K-bar knife. So I get on the radio, and, you know, I told you, I was a radio operator in Marines. And though my voice sucks. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, Billy, be advised, we got a big black cat down here, and it's on the trail behind you. And he's like, what do you mean a big black cat? A kitty cat? I said, no, a black panther. And he actually had the flare. He goes, oh, my gosh, that thing's huge. I see it on the flare. I see his tail. Tommy, it's right in front of you. I said, oh, yeah, I know. And he hollers at Toby told me I need help. I need help. And I'm like, uh, why do you need help? you got the gun and I'm one face-to-face with the Panther. He said, we're coming down. Well, that thing circled around me to the right. And the other people at base camp had heard me. The other two groups that went uh, east had come in. So they was all at base camp. Well, here they all come and they scared the Panther off. But other than that little deal on the river, which really didn't scare me, that is the most afraid I've ever been during a Bigfoot expedition, is coming face-to-face face with that Black Panther. And one guy in the group from Sasquatch Watch, Virginia, Brandon, he's like, oh, I deal with big cats. He was more afraid of you than you are of it. I said, that one he's good there licking his chops? I mean, I don't think
0: he was more afraid than I was. I wanna give a quick shout out to Mystic Novelty Company. They have an Etsy store. Um, I found them on Instagram, but if you're looking for something something unique, something awesome for Christmas, like a stocking stuffer or just uh, you know, a why not kind of gift, check out Mystic Novelty Company. They have these tea towels that I just love. They have Mothman, Bigfoot, Jackalope, uh, the Fresno Nightcrawler, Storm Area 51. They have all kinds of cryptid cool stuff. Um, they have glow-in-the-dark figurines, brooches, hot sauce. They got everything. So check out this company. Again, it's the Mystic Novelty Company. They're on Etsy. Um, go check them out and check out their Instagram too. They got, they got some really great pictures, let you see their product. Um, I ordered something from them the other day and it's for my daughter for Christmas, so shh, don't say nothing.
1: I really used to get out a lot. I'm kind of uh, affiliated with a wilderness survival school here in South Carolina, Woods Runners school, and uh, I don't instruct or anything because really it's just so hard for me to stand up and teach with my foot. I kind of do behind-the-scenes stuff, I've taught... And preached about Bigfoot so much the owner, the head instructor is like this January when deer season is over we're just going to have a squatch weekend he had bought some new property to expand the school he said where do you think we ought to go? we're going to have a squatch weekend we're not going to charge admission anybody that wants to come can come I said let's do it across the road and there's actually some old cemeteries down there uh, and I've seen on a couple of TV shows, on TV, something about, uh, some people think Bigfoot likes to be around cemeteries. I I don't know.
2: You know, it's funny you say that. Uh, I don't know when this episode is going to get released, but the one that's coming up, the next one to come out, is going to come out on the, uh, the the 14th of October. There's a there's mention of a Sasquatch in a cemetery, <laughs> so that's, that's pretty cool. Oh,
1: talking about on your podcast?
2: Yeah, my next show. Oh, there's a guy that wow. talks about the same thing. That's wild. Oh,
1: let me think about it. I might listen. To, yeah, I listen to it.
2: <laughs> but oh. uh,
1: that's one place I think we're going to set up, and we're going to have somebody doing roving patrols in vehicles because this is a very wooded steel. Rural area. I mean, there's still plenty of woods, and there's actually a BFRO report of a couple who were out riding around one night, just looking for deer, seeing a Bigfoot, and the place they mentioned. They said they really didn't know where they were at, but they was between on the road between seventy-two and fifty-six. Well, I know exactly where they at. So, you know, we're going to set up at the new survival school land. We're going to set up in the cemetery and probably have, you know, take turns people driving around, see what they see on the back roads. So we're trying to organize that now.
2: So and if you ain't also...
1: doing nothing in January, come on down from West Virginia and join us.
2: Buddy, that sounds great because I'm all about survival and bushcraft anyway. And this that would just, that would be the marriage of both of my passions, you know, Bigfoot and <laughs> and Survivor. Yeah.
1: Do you remember when Les Stroud did that Survivor Man, Bigfoot?
2: Absolutely. I'd, I'm
1: like, I'm sitting there, dang, if I'd have thought of that 20 years ago, I'd be rich.
2: <laughs> because, exactly. I mean,
1: that's what I love to do. Yep.
2: Yep. He. Uh, did you hear his interview on Sasquatch Chronicles that he did with Wes? I have not
1: on that particular one. No, I've heard him be interviewed about Bigfoot, but I will look it up tonight.
2: It's episode five hundred, and okay. it
1: was
2: Les Stroud talking to Wes Germer about his his experience out there. And I know you're not in the camp of you know the woo factor, but Les might change your mind, man. I I don't know what to think about Bigfoot anymore. I I thought it was an open and shut case. I thought it was. You know, Gigantopithecus, and that was the end of it. But the more stories I hear, the more confused I get.
1: Well, I'm with you, too. I mean, I feel the same way. But I'm just saying from my experience so far, to me, it's just a North American ape. But that being said, you know, I told you we did the big expedition in Virginia. The first night I went out, me and Billy Willard, the leader of Sasquatch Watch in Virginia, went down to this area. They, uh, what did he call it? The Hidden Lake. I call it Swamp, but he called it Hidden Lake. You know, actually, with the naked eye, I and mean, him both, seen orbs floating. And I'm talking different colors, green, red, purple. And it's pitch dark. We don't have no light. And you can actually see those colors. Orbs float. And I'm not talking a mile off. I'm talking right there, right next to us. It looks like you could touch them. But when I get up to go touch it, it's kind of like the end of the rainbow. It's further away.
2: Yeah.
1: And I'm like, we're seeing these orbs, in him both. And then we hear something big come running, um, kind of like parallel to us, I say, what direction would that be? If us... That would be east of us, but it was running from south to north, and heard it plop in the water, just a big splash, the same time, I mean, not same time, maybe a minute or two after we was witnessing the orbs. And then we heard the splash. You know, we naturally look, we break out the sleer, We look in that way. We look back. The orbs are gone. So you know, maybe I have encountered more than what I'm letting on. You know,
2: uh, man, maybe. Do you think those orbs and Sasquatch uh, are related? Because a lot of people have been talking about that. Well, I
1: wouldn't have. But the more and more I think about that, I do believe it could very well be. I mean, some of the other times where I've, you know, two or three encounters I've had, I've never seen orbs or nothing. It's just, and another thing, you know, I've never smelt that horrible smell people associate with Bigfoot. I've never had that smell. And seen the creature. Now I have been down there before and have a you know something real stinky. But the times I've seen it, I've never smelled anything. I always thought that was kind of odd.
2: That that is. You know, I guess you know it doesn't have to make that smell, or may, maybe it don't make the smell. I don't know, but it, it stands to you know. Logic that you would think if you're seeing it and not smelling it, but sometimes you can smell it and not see it, that maybe it's putting that smell out as kind of like a defense mechanism, or maybe if it gets excited it it puts off that smell um, or maybe it's like some other people say, and it goes way deep into the woo factor, they say that, that smell is associated with it jumping into another dimension now. I don't know how I feel about that, but, you know, anything's possible, I guess. If, if anything's possible, everything's possible.
1: Exactly. I mean, there are no Bigfoot experts. You know, even though TV and some certain individuals may claim they're Bigfoot in the, uh, experts, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> you know, nobody is, so who am I to discount? certain, how should you say it, extraordinary or paranormal happenings with a cryptozoological creature.
0: Right. I
1: mean, you know, but we just don't know enough either way. I mean, you can be in this camp or you could be in this camp or you could be in this camp, but until something happens and we're able to really study a creature sure. we're not going to know That's so right. you know you can't call people who believe this crazy or who people who believe this is narrow minded we right. just kind of need to not shut our minds off to what other people believe
2: there you go not
1: this point of game you know
2: yep we've got to stay open minded about it and in the meantime nobody can be wrong because nobody knows.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's terrifying in the Bigfoot community now is, I mean, you know, you always had fakers. Yeah. But, you know, the jealousy among some people now and the infighting is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like if somebody has a picture, nope, ain't no Bigfoot. Nope. I mean, I've seen pictures where people claim there's, Bigfoot, or six or seven Bigfoots in this picture, or that, and I'm like, uh, that's a tree limb, cuz. But, <laughs> you, you know, people are so quick to discount some obvious uh, uh, evidence that because they're so jealous that they didn't find it, you know? Yep. And we need to start. You know, helping each other out instead of trying to put people down. You know,
2: I agree with that a hundred percent, Tommy. It'd be a, and that goes for everything. If we would just take a step back and not try to prove ourselves right, and spend more time just helping each other, we wouldn't have half the problems we got.
1: Yep, that's true. I want to get up your way sometime. I guess you had the other day. Tommy, your friend Tommy where he was yeah, talking about. Yeah man. I ain't scared. I wanna go up there where he was at. We all <laughs> to go. Uh he
2: he sure he sure would take you 'cause he's he's wanting to go back. He's he's not so keen on staying overnight anymore, but he's definitely down to go back. Back in uh early two thousands, uh two thousand three to I think
1: two thousand and seven. I had a paranormal group that I started. I called it the Night Stalkers.
2: That's what I was going to ask you about just now. I was going to ask you, what about the paranormal stuff you you mentioned to me? I'm okay.
1: You- well, we were the Night Stalkers. I did not know that the uh, Air Force Special Ops team uh, the, who carry in the Special Ops people were called Night Stalkers. I actually did Night Stalkers because of... Uh, there was a 70s, 70, 72, 73 TV show, called The Night Stalker. And even then, I mean, I'm a little kid. I would make my granny stay up with me on Friday night and watch that. I wouldn't watch it by myself, but, you know, I would watch it. So we was called The Night Stalkers. And we actually went up your way to uh, Moundsville, West Virginia, to the penitentiary. You familiar with that? Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, my daughters were teenagers then. We all went. And um, we actually had three different groups go because uh, have you ever heard of Joshua Warren, Joshua P. Warren? I don't think so. He's a big investigator out in North Carolina. He's in Las Vegas now. He's on coast to coast a lot. Um, he's got his own shows. Anyway, he had a paranormal cruise to the Bermuda Triangle. So, me and a buddy of mine went. And we met all these other people. Anyway, we all got together to make it cheaper. Went to Mansell, and we did it. You know, you do the little tour. The guy who worked there gives you a tour and tells you about everything. And then for the rest of the night, you're free to investigate. And so we, you know, we setting up our motion cam. Um, motion detectors. I didn't have the money for no motion cameras. And, uh, you know, setting everything up and we actually had them go off uh, in what they called a sugar shack where um, if I'm not mistaken, it's where that one inmate they said was um, a snitch got beheaded or something. You know, I might be in the wrong area, but just how it is in a very haunted part, we had the motion sensor to go off and there was nobody there. And, uh, funny as my youngest daughter, she was 12 at the time, and she don't, you know, she don't deal in all of this stuff. She just went along for the ride. She had her little video camera. She's kind of trying to make, be like a funny tour guide. And she done got separated. And I wish I still had the tape. You could hear the motion detector go off, and her eyes got big. And she goes, ah, them things just went off, and there ain't nobody there. And on camera, she's running, daddy, daddy, daddy. <laughs> well, anyway, um, we take the tour. The investigation ends up outside, and my oldest daughter, she uh, has the ability to uh, speak to ghosts, a medium, whatever, And she says, there's a very bad man up there looking at us. And I'm like, where? And she said, second level to the right. So I turn around and I take the picture. And she said, no, Daddy, he didn't want us to take a picture. And by that time, she screamed. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? She goes, something scratched me. And I pulled up her shirt, and she had four, um, Lines coming down her back diagonally, four scratch marks, like uh, somebody took her four fingers mm. and scratched her. So that was pretty, um, I'd say spectacular.
2: Yeah, that's pretty intense, man. It was, yeah,
1: intense, that's a better word.
2: Was that in the sugar shack area too?
1: No, that was actually outside. It's when you go outside to one of the towers, I think, yeah. Like I said, this was 2000 and it was after my dad died. So it had to be 2006. It was 2006 when we did that. So that was a long time ago. But I do remember we was outside when that happened. It wasn't inside. Man. And to be honest with you, I don't remember anything else happening there except that they screwed up the uh, booking and we're sitting here thinking we by ourselves and here comes this blonde chick jumps over the uh, there's a fence inside she jumps over and jumps right in front of me out of nowhere hey what are y'all doing there well you know after my heart quits running for a minute, I'm like, uh, 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 what are you doing here? He said, well, we're supposed to be twinding that. I said, no, you're not. We are. So we got with the guy, and he's like, no, you Oh, crap. We have double booked y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they went their way. We went our way. You know, We yeah. run into each other now. But, it, you know, it's friendly after that. It wasn't like anything, but nothing really.
2: If you like going to these haunted locations like this, Tommy, there's a uh there's a conference called EnigmaCon. It's gonna be in Virginia, I think it's St Albans, Virginia, in April. And uh I was invited to go down there. The the lady that sent me the invite, she's she's done this con every year and it is uh her name's Angie. She was on episode ten that I did. Uh, it was called uh, we called it The Creeper was the name of that episode and she tells experiences about that and I believe she had an experience at Moundsville also but that'd be uh, if you're interested maybe we can meet up down there too in April
1: yeah we'll do that Um, well I'm sure we'll talk a lot after this but yeah don't forget you know send me the information and keep me reminded because I'm going to do something I mean I'm tired of just sitting at home.
2: But I mean, this thing. yeah, this you COVID know. lasts forever. So <laughs> sure. I mean, about.
1: I'm not talking about I'm talking about my foot, you know, my injury. Yeah. Uh, but phew, I ain't COVID whatever. I mean, I hate it, but
2: yeah, I'm you know, about. If up I, I want to tell I'm gonna go. You know. There you go. Yes, yeah, there's a uh, there's a Halloween festival that I'm I'm dying to go to here in West Virginia, but I don't know. I think they're on the fence right now, whether or not it's going to go on or not. And this episode probably won't even show on the air before that's already go come and gone. Unless I can get on there faster, I, I got some scheduling to do. But uh, you made a secretary, man. Buddy, I'm telling you, it's <laughs> it, it's getting kind of hectic. I'm trying to do this and my my shirt sales and stuff, and I'm trying to do that website. And uh, all the social media stuff I can barely figure out, and it's turned into more work than my real job. <laughs> now, I think you was
1: asked this before. Um, might have been the episode where the man and woman talked about some kind of going on they have in Virginia, some kind of festival. But have you ever been to the Mothman Festival?
2: Oh, yeah. yeah would
1: have?
2: Yeah, several times. I love that.
1: I, I want to go. Hey, that's it. Um, they canceled it this year. Yes, it is. But next year, uh, they up in Marion, North Carolina, about an hour north of me. Uh, they have the uh, Western North Carolina Bigfoot Festival. You ought to come down. Uh, next year, a friend of mine from Canada, Robin Moonshadow, yeah. she's uh, she, uh, been on several different podcasts, and I think her and... Another guy Dwight have one right now, but she's going to be a speaker.
2: Oh sweet!
1: So I'm looking forward to that. She is Apache. She's native Apache, but she lives in Canada now, and she does a lot of research on Bigfoot and little people.
2: Yeah, well, shoot me a link to it, man. Whenever you whenever you get a chance, and I'll I'll definitely check that out. I'd love to come down there. Uh,
1: I'll try. It. I'll try to send you something.
2: Now, before I get too sidetracked, Tommy, there. Uh, You mentioned UFO sightings, too, right?
1: Yeah. um, The one I had, what I called a real good one, Um, we was at a race, a local dirt track over here, um, Cherokee Speedway. Now, my brother was with me, so he he does own up this. He he does own up seeing this because everybody in the stands seen it. Um, As you're sitting in the stands, you look in at the front stretch, and then key right is turn one and two, and then you get the back stretch. Well, above the back stretch, there was a bright light, and it was the shape of a triangle. Not a triangle, a diamond. And everybody, you know, sitting around me was like, what is that? What is that? And i like, well, I don't know. But I kept watching it. There was actually a wreck coming out of turn two going into the bike stretch and everybody was turned to watch it, but I kept my eye on the diamond in the sky. And you ever see Star Trek, you know, like uh Voyager or the Next Generation where it shows the Enterprise and then yep. when it hits warp and nothing but a streak of light and it's gone. Yeah. That is the way this thing did. It, it was sitting there and it kind of got like uh, just a tad bit brighter and then just it was gone. Man. What color? Like, the what?
2: What color was it?
1: Blue. Uh, blueish white. It wasn't sparkly. It was just a blue color.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I asked that because the UFO I saw that looked like it went into, like it imploded almost. Like it flashed out a big bright light, but it was a real odd shape of green. And I was just hoping you was going to say green, but either way, oh, it,
1: man. It,
2: it's wild to hear it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was blue. It was blue. I wish it, I do remember you and your dad talking about that green.
2: Yeah, yeah, we thought it together. I,
1: I, I, I do remember. No, sorry, buddy. This one was a blue one. <laughs> different planet.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, what brought it
1: was,
2: <laughs> Man. But that
1: see. is about the extent of my encounters.
2: Well, that's a pretty, uh, pretty active life, man. And, you know, I think, Tommy, when somebody sees something or they have an experience, I think that opens us up to seeing more stuff, you know. I don't know if we're looking more for it or if it if it changes something in us, but, where you experience, okay. you know, you experience that at such a young age, and it op- I think it just like it opened your mind up or something, man. And uh, even like you said, your daughter is sensitive; like she's a medium. It's, yeah, you know, there's not everybody's like that, you know. And I think that that's some special thing; it's a gift from God.
1: I'm not like that. I mean I've had encounters but as far as being having mediumship I can't yeah. do it. But, you know, when I was working, um I was in wasn't management but I was in leadership. You know, like I told you, I, I run a crew and every year we would have leadership training. I was also on the safety team, so we'd have safety team training and The same guy give us the training every year. I don't remember his name. I want to mention it I a bit. But he would give us that, what is it, Greg and Meyer personality test? Are you familiar with that? Yep. Okay, I am an INFJ. And that is like, I can't remember if it's 1% or 5% of the world's population is that particular personality. But the thing in that trait of that personality is being open to and having more experience with paranormal as well as their job choice should be clergy or counseling because they're good listeners. And I was like, wow. Nailed
2: it. (laughs)
1: Nailed it. I was like, because I." Yeah, when he seen it, you know, he looked, and he'd ask, you know, you did the test and you add up this and that, and that gives you personality. He's like, who's this, who's this, who's this? And then he'd go, well, we probably ain't got none of these. Well, he didn't say like, that. Yeah, he was an education man. We probably do not have any of these INFJs. I said, actually, you do right here. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> So every year, twice a year, when I had his training, I was always INFJ. I would take that test and I would try to shut everything out and answer honestly. So I was always INFJ. So I think that does, you know, have a lot to do with me being able to experience things, you know? Yep. I'm not like some people, you know. Every time you turn around, there's a Bigfoot, or everything moves in the woods, a Bigfoot, or everything in the sky is an alien, or every strange bump is bump. So that I threw you one in there for you. Uh, <laughs> bump in the night is not a ghost. I'm not like right. that. But right. I have had legitimate experiences. Absolutely. And I absolutely love
2: it. I wouldn't have it any other way. Unless maybe I have some more. Yeah, yeah. It it brings some excitement into life, and I love I love to have stuff to think about and talk about. But what, you know, what, by
1: the way, where I'm at right now, I'm helping a buddy of mine out. I'm watching him. Um, he's putting up some storage buildings. I sit here for a couple hours a night, um, make sure nobody breaks in or steals anything. Or about the third night I'm sitting here, I'm realized. Wait a minute. I'm at the old Gossett Homestead. And ever since I was a teenager, I've heard this place was haunted. And I'm like, well, duh. Why don't I do some EVPs? I finally figured out how to work a recorder on my phone. So, you know, I go around, walk around different spots and do EVPs. Never got anything. I set up over here to the east side of the property, actually where the house stood. And I'm doing some EVPs, and then um, a car pulls up on the other side of the road, and it's just sitting there. It's just sitting there. And I kind of quit my EVP session, and I'm kind of talking, like, what's that guy doing? Is he fixing to break in here? Oh, come to Daddy. You're going to get some. And then I was like, wow, it's sitting there for a while. Well, you know, that drive, it's recording the whole thing, so when I get back in the car, I'm listening to everything, I listen to the podcast on Bluetooth, I got a external Bluetooth speaker, so I see this thing like 12 minutes long, I'm like, dang, I don't see her listening to me for 12 minutes, but I will, so I'm sitting there doing it, and when I made that remark, by the way, it ended up being a cop sitting across the road, I guess he's wondering what I was doing sitting over here, but, uh. Anyway, when I said, um, wow, he has been sitting there for a while, I actually got an EVP and I'm going to try the best I can, a real deep voice goes, yeah, and I'm like, wow, because I'm the only one here, you know, yeah. I am the only one here, and I know I didn't talk to myself, which, you know, for some people, I probably do, but. I wasn't that night. <laughs> when I said that, you could definitely hear it. And when I figure out a way to trim that file down, I will send it to
2: you. I would love that.
1: Because like I said it was long, and it says file too big to send. So I'm not real technologically advanced, and so I will let somebody look at it. Or if we ever meet face to face, I'll let you hear
2: it. Yeah, man, I'd I'd love that, Tommy. And it, to hear something like that while well, you're all by yourself and. You know, I know, I, I did the security guard gig uh, for a very short period of time when I was a young man. I was, I was probably 20, 21 years old before I joined the Air Force. And it's already sketchy being out there by yourself in the pitch black. And I, was, I wasn't allowed to carry a firearm at the time, so I couldn't imagine hearing a playback of something sitting beside me <laughs> agreeing with me.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, I shaved my head now. But what little bit of hair I do have on the back of my neck, it did stand up for a minute. I mean,
2: <laughs> I I'm not
1: it. super brave. I mean, I'm not no firm like, I know, you know, we're on a podcast now, so I'm not going to say what I really said. But you can only imagine, I'm like, holy <laughs> moly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah.
1: but I have tried it again and again and again. Since then, I've not got anything else. Hey, that's how
2: it usually goes, man. That's how it goes. That's how you know it was authentic. You know, if you could replicate yep. it every time you wanted to, then there's something else going on. You know. Yep. Man. Well, I'm so I'm glad we finally. I, I'm so glad we finally got to talk, man. I know we've been talking back and forth on Facebook Messenger, and I just, I don't know. I've been busy, but I, I had to make myself, you know, stop doing whatever else it was I, I was doing. I have to answer for it when I get off here, but <laughs> I had to just, I had to take the time, man, because I've I've been wanting to talk to you for a long time.
1: Me too. I'm glad we finally did. I mean, um, I really do enjoy your podcast. I heard you on the, um, I just spoke Sasquatch Chronicles, and I said, and you was very interesting, but I'm not gonna lie, bump just got my attention. I'm like bump. A, that is so simple, but it is so great. I mean, that encompasses everything. I said, that man up in West Virginia is a freaking genius. I wish I'd have thought of that. So <laughs> I I looked it up, and I've been listening. I've been listening, and like I said, your dad, man, the conversations y'all had, I I envy you. I, I mean, I don't envy nobody, but I envy you because I wish me and my dad could have taught like that.
2: I appreciate that, man. I really do. All of that. And yeah, I, I cherish my dad. We, we make a point to spend time with each other every single week. Uh, I'll cook and he comes up and we sit up and we just talk, you know? And, uh, it's something that I cherish.
0: And well, that's the show for this week, guys. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, If you do enjoy it, please go to wherever you listen to your podcasts at. Give us a five-star rating, a review, or a thumbs up, or whatever you can do. Uh, Keep spreading the word about the podcast. I really appreciate that. Uh, Let me see. Updates. Yes, the website. We have thebumppodcast.com up and running now. Uh, You can go listen to every past episode. There's a, a page for that. i got all the cover art on there. Just click on the the title of the show. It takes you straight to that episode through my anchor.fm account. And from there, if you wish to donate to the show, you know, to help support everything, which um, sponsors kind of come and go. But that monthly support, that really helps out to get you know more equipment and to, to make it a better listening experience for you guys. You can do that from there. Also, there's links to my Teespring and Redbubble merch pages. You can go there and get uh, probably half a dozen different t-shirt styles are out there now. We got mugs, stickers, anything you can think of is available with some kind of new design that I've put out there on Redbubble, and there's some on Teespring still yet. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Parlor, Facebook. I uh, don't think I'm forgetting anything, but yeah, just check out the site. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. I love everybody there that's sitting at home or on their commute listening to this show. um, It means a lot to me. And we'll just keep doing this until people stop calling in with shows. (laughs) Thanks again, guys. Until next time.